This podcast was recorded for the Sound Environment Show on Radio Galari. Radio Galari is a community radio station based in the Kimberley, Western Australia. For more information, go to www.galari.com. Water in the Kimberley is seen as a vast untapped resource. Last year, Minister for Water, Mia Davies, was quoted as saying that there was a seemingly endless supply. But before we open the floodgates, we need to look at the facts. A new scientific study of the Fitzroy catchment shows that we don't know enough to predict the impacts of increased water use. If we get it wrong, the Fitzroy River could face some problems in the future, and the state government could potentially be facing some big costs. Yeah, hi, my name's Ryan Vogwell, and I'm an Associate Professor at the University of Western Australia, working in hydrogeology and ecohydrology. You have just completed a report on the water resources of the Matawara, otherwise known as the Fitzroy catchment. Now, what brought about this report? Yeah, thanks, Kat. Um, I guess the main reason behind this was some concern in the community, and in particular some of the NGOs, the the non-governmental organisations like the Wilderness Society, about some of the, uh, I guess, messages that have been put out by the state government with respect to the Fitzroy River Basin and uh, the availability of water for uh, agricultural development. So I guess from the Wilderness Society's report, they were worried that there was, um, I guess, a a threat to uh, cultural and biodiversity values um, from, from this agricultural development and they wanted a third party uh, who is not involved in any of that governmental work to, to assess the current state of, of understanding and then make recommendations about what else was required and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's um, certainly become an interesting space where the uh, Department of Water has gone from being the uh, manager to actually um, perhaps being the force behind some of these irrigation projects as we've seen in Water for Food, which is a little bit unusual. Uh, What were the main findings of the study? I guess the findings were that, you know, really our understanding of the hydrology and the hydrogeology and the eco-hydrology of the whole area is still in, I would say, its infancy. Um, some really good work has been done historically, but um, not really anywhere near enough to to sort of do a full-scale risk assessment. And the important thing when you're doing this sort of risk assessment is to be able to link any changes in hydrology and subsequent impacts to, to cultural values, both, uh, you know, Western and, and Indigenous. And, and really, you know, to do the, the triple bottom line trade-off and, and, and optimise the benefit for the system for all, you really need to have an incredibly high res- understanding of the uh, interaction between the hydrology, the hydrogeology, how water resources are going to be utilised, and then the subsequent impacts to dependent values. Otherwise, it's very hard to do that trade-off. So I guess the main thing is at the moment, even though water is you know, being used in the Fitzroy catchment and there has been some future uses proposed, we just don't have enough information to be able to make the decisions that are needing to be to be made about water in the Fitzroy catchment. That's a good way to put it. And at the moment, I think water use is about two gigalitres per year, um, which is is still, you know, a little bit of water. But the proposed developments are talking about 200 gigalitres of water becoming available very, very shortly. And for me, that's um, that's certainly running before we're walking. Yeah, that is a huge increase that we could be seeing. Right. Why is it, do you think, that we we don't have the kind of detailed information that would... um, we would need in this case? 
Well, I guess historically, you know, although the Fitzroy has been an area of incredible uh, importance from a, a cultural and a biodiversity perspective, it's only really been relatively recently in the last five to ten years that there's become a lot of interest. Uh, you know, a lot of interest has, has gone into the area from a water resource and agricultural development perspective. You know, there was talk about the Fitzroy being dammed and that water being sent to Perth via a series of canals or, or pipelines or I believe even bladders in the ocean were discussed at one point. Um, and really, you know, that that sort of has gone off the boil. But I think post the release of the federal government's Northern Australia White Paper, that's really reinvigorated a lot of interest in trying to open up the whole of the north end of Australia to, to a lot more agriculture, to really push into uh, Asia to uh, actually provide, uh, you know, a big income for, for, that, for, for our, our part of the world um, and really feed that need for, for uh, very high-quality foodstuffs and agricultural products uh, in, the, uh, in the Asian market. Mm, yes, I mean, we are seeing uh, quite a push in that direction from both the state and federal governments. Uh, something that I picked up in your report, uh, you're talking about the allocation planning process that is used in Western Australia and uh, the report, uh, I guess, raised some concerns about whether or not that allocation planning process is as applicable up here in the north of the state as it is in the south. What's different you know, the plan, allocation planning process was really developed and tested and has been implemented predominantly in the southwest of WA. But the main difference between southwest WA and, and uh, you know, northern Western Australia and the Kimberley is really, I guess, the way that rainfall is delivered and the higher degree of variability in the, uh, in, in the northern part of Australia. You know, southwest WA is having all sorts of problems with rainfall levels dropping and, and lots of people debate about what's actually driving those rainfall uh, declines. But even still... The system here is is pretty consistent in comparison to to the, to the north. The annual flow in the in the Fitzroy River varies by by thousands of, of thousands of times. You know, um, you can have very very bad years where the river barely flows at all. But then, if uh, if the right conditions exist and the cyclonic activity hits the, the catchment, uh, you know, whole, uh, in 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 a big way, then obviously you end up with you know thousands to tens of thousands of gigalitres of water coming through that system. So the problem is is that you know, the the in a, in a big wet year when the river's flowing really really actively, you know, the the chance for impacts are, are almost negligible. The problem comes in that you know if you have a very very uh, you know dry wet season, um, all of a sudden you haven't had that recharge. And if you're extracting water from the riverbed alluvium uh, along the lower Fitzroy, um, and you've made the assumption that uh, the river's going to flow again next year, well, you might be incorrect, and it, and that might create problems for not only the resource from a sustainability perspective, but also, um, you know, the, 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 the biodiversity and cultural values along the Fitzroy River are highly groundwater dependent. Um, you know, some, some are more surface water dependent, but I think there's a degree of groundwater dependence for many of the systems up there. Uh, and as a consequence, if you're utilising that water on an annual basis and someone has an allocation at the moment, which is a legal right to abstract that water every year, we've got a problem because the most appropriate thing from a sustainability and a management perspective might be very well that if there's no wet season, then there's no abstraction. And that creates big problems for, 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 the, for the state government in terms of the fact that the current allocation planning process gives a, when it gives an allocation, it's a permanent license. Um, you know, you can use that water in perpetuity on an annual basis. But, but the right way to allocate groundwater and surface water in the Fitzroy might very well to have a scalable allocation where you get one unit and then there's an announcement every year as to how many uh, you know, litres of water that unit is. Having said that, um, even those sorts of systems, uh, business owners will want some sort of a surety that if they're able, 
expecting a certain amount of water, then they can use approximately that amount. So I guess that's always the tension when we're talking about water planning. Um, yes. That, given that your report has noted that there are some gaps that m- might potentially lead to some um, some uh, negative uh, consequences if water um, abstraction is going going to go ahead at the rate that we think it might. What would you recommend instead? I mean, what do you see as a better way forward for the um, Fitzroy catchment? Well, look, you know, I, I'm not anti-development of the area. I think that there is potential for agricultural development in the area. Obviously, there's water resources there, and, and I think there's a real desire for the local community to, to try and, um, you know, improve their, their situation by, by implementing these sort of development, as, uh, you know, actions. And, I, and, I, and I'm not against that. Um, I just think that the, the main issue is really the timing uh, and, and the amount of data that exists and the amount of resources that have, that have gone into groups like the Department of Water for them to try and understand this. So I think if, as a way forward, I think the state government needs to fund, needs to resource their, their state government bodies better to do this. And they also need to accept the fact that this is going to be a five to ten year prospect where we're going to spend a lot of time collecting data and trying to understand the system um, prior to actually implementing this type of development. Because in other areas like the nearby Ord River, but also at a much bigger scale like the Murray-Darling Basin, when we've allocated water resources without having a full understanding of the, 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 the links to uh, dependent values, there have often been some very undesirable consequences. And in the case of the Murray-Darling Basin, you know, the federal government spent hundreds of millions of dollars recouping water licenses because they over-allocated the system. And, and I guess I would, I would urge caution in that regard that, you know, although development is great, uh, it's it, if the development occurs at a, at a, at a rate and uh, in a timing that is you know, not going to work out in the long term, well, that will probably lead to more uh, pain for the local people that are running these businesses as well as the government in terms of trying to recoup these, these water licenses or, or deal with the fallout of, of the whole process going wrong. Yeah, I think it's um, certainly a, a case of spending the money now is going to save the state quite a lot of money in the long run, in the long run if it prevents a, a sort of a similar Murray Darling Basin sort of scenario. Oh, look, absolutely. And I think everyone recognises that Kimberley is one of the last great wildernesses left in the world. And, and I think we have a, a, you know, a duty to protect that for future generations. So this is not an area to be rushing into water allocation. Um, it's an area where we need to get it really right. And we have, we have the potential to do that. We just need to make sure that the resources are made available to, for that to happen. And that report by Professor Ryan Vogwell is called Water Resources of the Matawara Fitzroy River Catchment. It's being put out by the University of Western Australia and funded by the Wilderness Society. We'll also have a link to it from the Sound Environment Facebook page.